previously on ImpTab Avatar. Following their combat with Rook and Marudo and the others, and their subsequent uh, kind of alliance-ish, tenuous treaty thing with Roken and the others, our heroes started heading back to the village of the Swamp Benders for a feast, but Jetsun decided that he wanted to head right off towards that tree. So he disappeared, moving off along his own little way, and Zaya and Amar followed after him. And as they were about to bring him back to the village, discovered that Kiyumi had been following as well and was offering to take them to the Banyan Grove Tree as a spiritual leader. But first, she said, you guys obviously have some stuff to talk about, so you're going to do that, and I'm going to be over here not listening. And so, you guys had a conversation. Jitsun used his moment of balance to remove all of your fatigue and your conditions to bring you all back to center, and Jetsun is now no longer the pillar, he is the elder. There were many heartfelt moments shared, words of encouragement, and also the revelation of secrets as questions were asked. A lot of bonding and a fair bit of weeping, after which Kiyumi also shared some words of comfort and encouragement, beginning her kind of role as the spiritual leader. And as you guys were heading off towards the Banyan Grove tree itself, we left off with a spooky creature of some sort following after our players. What is this spooky creature and what is it going to do? Let's find out here in the world of Avatar Legends. What is shaking, everybody? You're <laughs> listening to a special spooky episode of Imptab Avatar, <laughs> the Avatar Legends actual play where we make up almost everything on the spot. <laughs> I am spooky Count Ned Von Wilcock, your host and GM, and today I'm joined by... Caleb Anderton, I feed pumpkins to pigs. <laughs> McKenna Steele, spooky scary skeleton. <laughs> and Christian Randall, Imp Wrangler. <laughs> if, if you ask me by far the pumpkin pig feeder is by far the scariest oh yeah, yeah. pigs are scary he loves pumpkins that's cute wilbur does our pig <laughs> wilbur very on-brand name rachel has decreed that he's not in food pig he's daddy pig to the food pigs we will raise in the future gotcha <laughs> my grandparents had a farm my grandma grandpa steel had a farm a dairy farm and they had pigs on there that my cousins would raise I wasn't part of that because we lived four hours away, but the day that happened, I cried, <laughs> and they were in our fridge, and I was sad. <laughs> my favorite Forever. name my favorite name for a pig is Chris P. Bacon. Oh my gosh. You're fired. <laughs> Ned, can I have that right to fire him? Uh, sure. Why not? <laughs> I'll just hire him back on afterwards. It'll take a bit of paperwork, but we'll make it work I'll take out. You're on sabbatical. I'll take the severance. <laughs> Well, everybody, we have one final opportunity before Halloween to get in a last spooky encounter in the foggy swamp. So we're going to see how that plays out. But we're going to leave that bomb under the table for the time being as our players who are unaware of their follower head off towards the Banyan Grove tree. You're continuing through the fog of the swamp, and the closer you get to the tree, the thicker it becomes, the more sort of willful, the more it moves on its own and swirls in strange patterns. But Kiyumi steps forward boldly with confidence, and eventually she brings you to an area where the roots are just intertwining, forming this massive floor of roots underneath your feet, and you can see the tree beginning to curve upwards into the trunk. Zaya, especially with your new kind of plant-bending attunement, you can just feel the power of all of the spiritual energy coalescing here in the middle of the swamp, and it almost kind of has your hair standing up on end. Whew. 
there's a lot going on here, isn't there? Yeah, the humidity is doing very interesting things to your hair. There's a what? lot of volume oh. going on there. Oh, oh, ew. Just throw it up in a bun. Um, how often have you come here, Kimi? Oh, I've been here several times. It's, uh, you know, been a while since I've been here personally, but I've often come here to make little pilgrimages. Mostly I've come with Rui Pan and Mama Millie, and they've been kind of leading me through the process, but we've done it enough times that I feel like I can help guide you through this meditation that'll hopefully help you guide your visions a little bit better. Do you, uh, sense our quarry anywhere around here? The two ne'er-dwells, I, uh... I do want to go ahead and dive a little deeper into this possible vision, but are they probably eaten? <laughs> I mean, goodness only knows. If you want to go out there and possibly, you know, get yourself off center and, you know, lose the benefits of everything you just did, you're free to do so. Or, you know, what, whatever you want to do. I think it's best if we stick together for now. <laughs> I think that's a wonderful idea, Jetsu. So glad you thought of that. Yes, we'll follow your lead. You take us to uh, the place, I guess, wherever you normally would would go for one of these pilgrimages. We'll, we will ask the forest to guide us. Yes, now this is one of my favorite places over here. And she leads you up to the trunk area. And you can see as all the different plants are kind of going upwards and intertwining and weaving. She leads you to this area. It looks almost like an arched doorway of sorts where a couple of the tree trunks are going up and intertwining above, but leaving this empty, almost cave-like area in the side of the tree. And she says, this is my favorite place to meditate and just attune myself with the spiritual energies of the forest. Any recommendations on how you do this? Normally I just sit in lotus style and close my eyes to meditate. Is there something you would recommend? Any position that is most comfortable for you to just focus and to relax, to allow yourself to really just zone in on the forest itself. Would you all like to join me? Sure. Yeah. Um... I'll admit I'm a little bit less uh, familiar with this whole meditation thing than you are, but yeah. Maybe we'll start adding that to our routine along with the uh, squats. Okay, sure. Yeah. All right. So you guys all sit down cross-legged in lotus position here in this little alcove in the tree. Kumi begins to lead you through some breathing exercises and tells you to expand your awareness to the noises of the forest, to the smells and all of the different sensations that come from being in the middle of this tree. As far as the mechanics of the move here that we're going into, as we kind of reviewed already last session, you're all accompanied by a member of the Foggy Swamp Tribe. You've all accepted guidance and comfort. You've all experienced a vision of the Foggy Swamp before and you're all at center. So this time, rather than all of you rolling minus two, you're all going to roll plus two. Sweet. Oh, I'm so scared. <laughs> this is the horror part of the episode, is what am I going to roll? <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, that's a 13 for me. Ooh, nice. Guys... That's an 11 for me. Are you kidding me? Oh, no. Okay, I rolled a nine. Okay, but okay, it's a okay. Partial success. A partial success, correct. Back into the trauma. It's still okay, so either way, on a hit, you still get the vision, and it's not a difficult vision. The only difference is on a partial success, you can only ask one of the questions. On a full success, you can ask any two listed questions or any one question not listed. Oh, right. It's right, not so right, bad. Right. You're, you're not going to be traumatized again. That's good. <laughs> and so, again, the questions are as follows Where should I go? What objects should I seek? Who has answers? who is best suited to assist me, and who will attempt to hinder me. And these are all in response to this larger conflict that you state beforehand. Let's start with Amar, why not? What is the conflict or difficulty that you want answers, direction, or resolution to? 
There's a lot that Amar could choose to think about regarding getting his memories back. You know, there's a lot with his family that's been revealed, but Amar is trying to redeem himself for the wrong that he did of stealing the scrolls from the library. And so for Amar, the big issue is getting those scrolls back to their rightful place. All right. So you may ask any two of those questions or any one question that is not listed there. Pretty simple, but I'm just going to go with the very first one of where should I go? As you have your eyes closed in this meditation, you're kind of like, okay, this is, I mean, I've never really done this before. I'm much more about like honing my physical self rather than my spiritual self, but hearing like the calming breathing of your friends around you, you kind of get into the zone. And similarly to how in the original series, when Aang is there meditating and there's that scene where you can like see the spiritual energy moving from him through the roots to other parts of the swamp, you start to feel your consciousness expanding away from yourself. You find yourself on the far side of the Earth Kingdom, on the far western shore, in a very nice little village. Uh, as you look around, you see that this appears to be similar to the place where you grew up, a Fire Nation colony. You have a lot of Fire Nation regalia on some buildings, Earth Nation regalia on some others, some places where they're kind of intermingled. And the building in particular that you kind of stop at appears to be a restaurant of some sorts. And you see that there are people who are sitting outside the restaurant and they're eating and kind of having a good time. There are some other people kind of across the street though who are giving furtive glances over there, not really enjoying what's going on. The sign above the door of this restaurant is titled The Persimmering Dragon. <laughs> the Persimmering Dragon. I like the sound of that. Okay, anything else from that one? Uh, that's all you get for this first question. Okay. For question number two, I'm going to ask who has answers. Indeed. As you're looking at this restaurant here, your consciousness begins to go inside. You're kind of like, okay, why is this location so important? And you pass by people who are eating at various tables around the establishment, and you close in on a person who is behind the counter, going to work at some of the walk stations and then going up to greet customers and whatnot. You see he is dressed in Fire Nation sort of garb, but he also has uh, some various Earth Kingdom bits and bobs on him. Um, traditional Fire Nation sort of hairstyle. He has the golden eyes indicating that this is a man of the Fire Nation. But this entire place you see just this general sense of a merging of icons from the Fire Nation and the Earth Kingdom. That's interesting. I will remember Walkman, though. <laughs> Looks like we need to go find him. <laughs> He's a nice guy, but he, he skips a lot. <laughs> That's for our older generations. That's right. McKenna, you don't understand that one. It's okay. No, I do. It's just a stupid joke. <laughs> that was a good joke, sweetie. Good job. Yes, this episode not sponsored by Sony. <laughs> We're open to it. If you want to send a PS5 my way, I will uh, review it for you. <laughs> All right. So, Amar has asked his two questions. Let's go on over to Zaya at this point. So first of all, what is the conflict or difficulty that you want to get some answers for? I'm trying to figure out how to best to word this. So Zaya feel has started to hold back a lot um, due to the last time we did this and feels probably more as, as a hindrance to the group at the moment um, and a hindrance to herself. 
she's trying to figure out how she can find peace and, you know, be able to forgive, learn, and become a better part of the team and a better version of herself without all this trauma holding her back. And the question that I would like to ask is, who is best suited to assist me? As you try to consider like the things that you've gone through, the things that you've experienced, your consciousness begins moving out from you, similar to how it was for Amar. You see yourself moving through corridors of ice, very similar to some of the crevasses that you would go through back in the Southern Water Tribe. It has a very familiar sort of feeling to you. You go passing through these crevasses and you can see there are reflections in the ice walls as you move past, uh, but they are not your own reflection. You first pass the reflections of your mother and father, one on each side of you. They smile at you and hold their hands over their hearts and give you a little bow of love, but point you further down the corridor. As you continue along the way, you see similarly, Wan Shitong is there and Xin Lai is there, Zhong Tao and Yung Tan. They all smile as they see you. Xin Lai gives you a very kind of excited wave. Zhang Tao gives you a nod that is like, you can tell he's trying to cover his excitement, trying to be stoic about seeing you. They all point you further along the corridor as well. You then see further along Jetsun and Amar on either side of you. Lobe Sang is there as well. These people you've traveled with, they all like reach out their hands towards the ice from their reflections and give you a nod, indicating for you to go further down the way. You ponder upon all of these people who have shown you great love, who have supported you through all of your times of difficulty, people who you have turned to when you have been feeling down and out, and people who have given you their love in return. And as you reach kind of the end of this area, there is a flat wall. And you can see facing away from you is the reflection of your younger brother. As he hears your footsteps approach, he turns and smiles at you. He puts his hands up on the reflection of the ice in front of him and smiles. And as you place your hands out to match his, he gives one last nod to you before turning away from the reflection and you see standing behind him your own reflection. And you ponder upon all of the people who have helped you in your times of difficulty, who have brought you to this place of self-reflection, this place of facing your fears and your trials and your difficulties that you've gone through, and recognizing that in this moment, every single person you've seen so far has forgiven you. They love you. They believe in you and your strengths and your abilities. The only person who hasn't forgiven you yet is the person standing in front of you in this reflection. Okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, as I'm taking all of this in, um, and this is something I've been doing in my own personal life too, actually, um, kind of looking at all of these people and I started thinking of myself when I was younger and how easy it would be to forgive that girl and just think of her as I continue forward um is Marmar with me in my dream yep he's up there on your shoulder very calm in this moment I'm gonna need your help sometimes I need you to remind me that it's okay 
and I'm a good person. And I see that this is a path I have to take and work on it. But sometimes I need you to help me through it, okay? And he reaches his little paw out to your cheek and kind of brushes against it with his scratchy little hamster claws and gives you a big old hamster smile. And when you turn back to the reflection, you see this reflection of yourself as you currently are has another figure standing next to her and she is holding the hand of a reflection of yourself from that day, back when you were a young and scared and frightened little girl who didn't understand what was going on and who wanted so much to be strong. As this younger version of yourself is now holding the hand of this older, more confident, more experienced version of yourself, she smiles at you and in this moment, it's kind of interesting to see how much Kiyumi looks like you when you were younger. She holds her hand up to the reflection. I'll put my hand up as well to meet hers. And though you expect to feel cold enter into your fingers from this piece of ice, you instead feel warmth running through your hand. She smiles and then gives the reflection of you a little hug around the legs and the two of them begin walking off into the distance in this wall of ice as the vision begins to fade from around you. Ned, that was very beautiful. Thank you. You're very welcome. That was stellar, Ned. And now that brings us to Jetsoon. Jetsoon is full on deep meditation right away, just jumping in. He has a million questions and he just doesn't have enough answers right now. Um, the one question that is burning in his mind the most right now, though, is how Roken and Amar can both have these memories. Oh, dude. How can there be these conflicting timelines? So I guess my question, my one question, not off the list, is how did Taya do this? Obviously, it's the spirits communing with me, so I don't know if it's going to be here's a bullet point list of her whole plan, but <laughs> just some insight into how this could possibly be a glimpse of the bigger picture, I guess. Mm -hmm. Your consciousness travels further than either of your friends at this point. Across the entire Earth Kingdom, across the Western Sea, to the Fire Nation itself. You travel up the mountain sides of the capital island of the Fire Nation, through fine pagodas and homes, through beautiful floral arrangements, past all of these Fire Nation nobles, into the walls of the castle of the Fire Lord himself, Ooh. across the courtyard, into the building, through grand, massive hallways lined with paintings of former fire lords and fire avatars of ages past, into the meeting chambers of Fire Lord Sozin himself, and you hear his voice say, You have done well. Now complete our mission. And you see a figure stand up, backlit by the flames behind Fire Lord Sozin's throne. As the figure turns to walk out, you see it is Taya no longer wearing her daily uniform, but wearing regalia of the Fire Nation. In a cold sweat in the middle of this vision, the shock of it throws me out. I open my eyes and one of the lenses of my glasses cracks. As the vision hits, my eyes open and a gust of air kind of just comes from me instinctively. I bend outward 
and it all comes together. Amar and Zaya, you feel yourselves kind of blown backwards out of your visions. You see Jetsun sick in front of you with that large single fracture, lightning spidering its way down through his lens. I was having a wonderful moment just now. Do you care to explain? It seems we have all been pieces on a pie show board in a game we didn't understand. What, what are you talking about? Oh, Pie Show is this game. I don't know if you're aware. No, I, um, I, I, I haven't <laughs> forgotten the Pie Show. I played the tournament. I just, okay, I threw a rock at him. <laughs> no, no. I, I saw Taya in the inner chambers of the Palace of the Fire Lord. She has used all of us. We have been used, especially you, Amar. It seems the Fire Lord always intended for you to take the fall. To fall for what? What do you... What do you mean? I'm not completely sure, but if I'm understanding it correctly, I believe Taya received a mission directly from Fire Lord Sozin. She laid the groundwork, got everything ready, and only then were you given a mission. A mission you thought was the true mission, but you were only a, a scapegoat for hers. She took those scrolls and she made sure they got to the Fire Lord made sure that you took the fall and then made sure we chased our tails like a lemur monkey trying to find her. Jetsun, what I don't understand, what does Zaya get out of this? Taya? She's not Fire Taya. Nation. <laughs> Dang it! You did it! You did it! <laughs> I fire myself. Dagum! <laughs> <laughs> okay. Reset. Jetsun, what I don't understand is what, what does Taya get out of this? She's not Fire Nation. You have lived a surprisingly insulated life. You have not gone to the Fire Nation colonies here in the Earth Kingdom. They've been around for a while now, and some, I believe the term is, some people go native pretty hard. <laughs> um, there is a danger. I saw it. I nurtured it in the past. In certain airbenders, a pride in your nation can be a good thing, but when taken to an extreme, can lead one to do horrible things in the name of what they think is good. All it would take is for Taya to believe that the Fire Nation is in the right, the Fire Nation is doing what is best, and she would... the mission would be its own reward. I'm still trying to piece it all together, but I think our mission may be more urgent than I initially thought. Amar, you served directly underneath the Fire Lord. Does this seem like something he would do? He would throw away someone as valuable as you? I'm going to take out that note that I showed to Jetsun once. The note that I'd written to the Fire Lord that said we had failed in our mission, the one that was intended to go on a messenger hawk. And I'm also going to take out the Fire Lord's signet ring that I have had in my pocket this whole time that I swiped from him at one point. Yeah. And looking at the two of those things combined with what has just transpired, I'm going for a mega memory here. I want to <laughs> jog all the memory. A not, mega memory. Not, necessar <laughs> not necessarily all the memory. I will say that based on the previous memories you've unearthed, based on these two physical objects you hold in your hand, uh, you can be prepared for this roll. Ooh, cool. So go ahead and roll with focus. I'd be happy to help. Sure. 
a mark of fatigue to help. Ooh, mark of fatigue. Can I mark a fatigue? Uh, how would you... So we already have kind of how Jetsoon has been helping. How would Zaya like to help with this moment? So I will just kneel down in front of him as he, Amar has both of those in his hands and just kind of grab on kind of at his wrist and... Help us, Amar, Okami. You're our only hope. <laughs> no, um... Just grab onto his arm and look you in the eyes. Amar, it's okay if you don't see anything, but I know it's in there somewhere. I believe in you. And give him a very soft smile. All right, so between prepared and these two assists, that's plus three on top of your plus two focus, I believe. Correct. So that brings the seven that I rolled up to a 12. Yeah. There we go. This is what we needed. So you jog your memories. You're like, okay, this is important. I need answers right now. And you also, as your mind flashes back in time, find yourself in the audience chamber of Fire Lord Sozin. He sits on his throne above you, and I'm suddenly realizing that I don't actually know what Lord Sozin's voice sounds like. So I'm just going to pretend. And so he looks down at you and he says, Young Amar, this is your chance to clear the Ukami name and to bring honor back to your family. Your father's technological advancements have been great, but he languishes up in Tekak. He does not give the Fire Nation of his knowledge and his abilities. Your grandfather, traitor that he is, will rot in prison for the rest of his days. We have yet to find out about this strange organization that he belongs to that opposes my rule. But we will find out, don't you worry. Yes! <laughs> but you, Amar, if you can find this information for me, I will be merciful to you. Other Fire Lords would have you punished for the insolence of your ancestors. But I am a generous and kind man. Should you find this information, you can bring honor back to your family name. I must regain my honor. <laughs> I had to. Fired. Fired. We've all been fired. Oh man. oh, man. I love it. Oh, he was just tying up loose ends. Okay, guys. <clears throat> I don't know if I get it either. Christian, explain it to all of us. Let me break it down real clear for y'all. <laughs> Your family has been a thorn in the Fire Nation's side, not providing all that he believed they could. Yes, got that. For this, he wanted to punish your family. You are part of your family. So, he gave the real mission to Taya. Oh. And he said, now Taya, make sure, succeed or fail, it falls on him and we tie up this loose end of the Ukami line wipe it from my hands and you get the reward oh. succeed or fail i am being punished anyway yes he's a liar and a scoundrel and a thief on top of it the worst <laughs> of them all so he never intended for you to regain your honor Amar, only you can regain your honor and as far as i'm concerned it was never lost shut up <laughs> oh man <laughs> Okay. Thank you, Jetsun. It's amazing how you can make more sense of my own brain than I can sometimes. But you know, that is what being an elder is all about. You're the action man. I'm the, I'm the thinker. What do I do? You're the wisdom. Oh, okay. Right. We talked about that. <laughs> um, as we're doing this, 
Can I just like double take on Kiyumi? Mm-hmm. See see how she's doing? She following along? She meditating? She's still here? She's still here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, actually, hmm. Hmm. Uh oh. Hmm. Roll a luck check. Luck roll check. A luck, roll a luck check. It's a four. Uh, Kiyumi is not there. No, no, shoot, no, oh, um, uh, water in the vines, where is she? <laughs> yeah, roll two, roll, roll to rely on your skills and training. Okay. What a great day. Uh, no, it's not a great day. It's with focus, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> I rolled a two. Oh, boy. <laughs> Kiyumi's dead? No. So you notice that Kiyumi's not there, and you're just into like, oh, gosh, we gotta go find this girl. And so you, like, grab your friends and start rushing out to try and find Kiyumi. You're, like, searching out with all of your plant feelers that you possibly can, trying to locate where she might be. Putting the feelers out there. And you come to, like, a skidding stop in this little bog area. And you're like, wait a second. Okay, I think I feel something. I think I feel something above me. What? And all three of you look up simultaneously and you see... Spread across the branches above you is this mass of vines and leaves and other plants that pulses. And you can see it has arm-like appendages that grasp at the trees. And you can see these two glowing lights up in a head-like area. And you can hear a rushing of air as if this thing is breathing. But what is most troubling about this is you look up at these writhing vines and you see a face appear, very similar to Roken's face, but younger. You see another face appear, a woman's face, older. And you see also in these writhing vines, Kiyumi's face, all three of them absorbed into the mass of this creature, their eyes rolled up into the backs of their heads, unmoving, unconscious. And this thing, its front inflates almost like a frog's throat, and it lets out a massive roar and drops down on top of you. (gasps) Spooky time, everybody! No! Oh, Kiyumi, you found them. Good. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so here's what we're going to do. We're not actually going to enter into combat here because I want to try out something uh, based off of something in Wanshi Tong's adventure guide. So as they were talking about like, okay, if you go to the library and you encounter Wanshi Tong, we don't want to just give him stats because he's a spirit. He's above all that. Oh, boy. Wanshi Tong is more of like a force of nature. So you don't directly fight him. You just like try, like there are custom moves for Wan Tong. So kind of in a similar vein, we're not going to try and fight the spirit here. We're going to instead, uh, we talked about progress clocks a little bit. I am going to give this situation a six clock, a clock with six segments. The clock is, hey, there's a monster. How you want to try and resolve this situation is up to you based on how successful you are in your attempts. That will take certain amounts of segments on the clock. And once the clock is full, then you have solved this problem in whatever narrative way you feel like you're going to try and approach it. Does that make sense? Oh, boy. Wow. Can we still use techniques? Uh, Yeah, we will make it be part of the rely on your skills and training situation. Okay. I'm not going to lie to you. The biggest thing I got out of that is that Wan Shi Tong has a stat block. No, he doesn't have a stat block. No, he does. Sorry, he doesn't have a stat block. But we could have, like, gone into a sense of, like, combat-ish with Wan Shi Tong. Tong. Well, we could have if we had Wan Shi Tong's adventure guide when we did the library heist, (laughs) but we did not. Daggummit, daggummit. Actually, I think I did have stats for Wan Shi Tong now that I think about it. 
I'll have to dig and see if I can find those. Dig away. But in any case, there is this massive plant creature dropping actively on top of all of you at this point. What would you guys like to do? The very first thing I would like to do, having just had this wonderful interaction with the spirits, feeling amazing, fully accepting myself as part of this team, I would like to put my arms out kind of wardingly and protect my friends a little bit and say, Oh, great spirit of the swamp, we ask for your mercy. Please return our friends to us. And I would like to plead desperately. All right. Here's the, here's the tricky part with the plead move. It specifically says when you plead with an NPC who cares what you think. <laughs> I just, I just connected so much with this forest. Does the forest not care about me like I care about it? Does nature not care for me? Uh, nature doesn't care at all. This bit of forest is corrupted. Oh. So here's what I'll say. If you want to try, if you want to attempt to plead with it, here's what I will give you. I recently discovered an advantage slash disadvantage system that you can use with Powered by the Apocalypse, where if you have advantage, you roll three dice and take the highest two. If you're with disadvantage, you roll three dice and take the lowest two. I like it. So let's try that out. All right. So I'm rolling three dice at disadvantage to plead with the spirit of the swamp. Indeed. Oh, dear. That's a nine. Ooh, that is uh, still quite good. I forget that you have plus three harmony. (laughs) (laughs) Which is why I was like, I gotta plead anything else and I am not helping this team. (laughs) All right, so yeah, this creature is like moving down right for you. And as you make this plead up towards it, you send out like this burst of spiritual energy into the network of plants around you. And at the last minute, it like splits itself down the middle. And as it slams down, it only lands on Amar and Zaya and not on top of you. Oh. <laughs> but you have, with that partial success, ticked one segment of the six clock. Okay, I'll take it. <laughs> um. So does the spirit, it seems like enraged, like almost like it shouldn't be like this kind of big grumpy guy. That's kind of the vibe you're getting. I'm not going to make you roll for it. Okay, cool. Um. Tell me if this would be either guide and comfort or rely on my skills and training, which this probably doesn't, of using like the refresh technique mm-hmm. to kind of try and calm emotion. Yeah, interesting. I'll say you can go with guide and comfort or rely on your skills and training, whichever you would prefer. <laughs> We're gonna guide and comfort because that would be a better role. Oh no. Charging your dice is a bunch of crap. Um, that is a four because I rolled a two ones Oof. again. Okay, here's what's here's what's interesting with this. Like you start reaching out into these vines. The vines that are animated, you're trying to like connect with them, trying to heal them, trying to use your water bending to make some effect. And you get the sense of like these vines, they're moving, but there's not like a lot of life in these vines themselves. And you're like trying to reach through and you feel like you're getting close to like this central source of the spiritual energy in this monster, kind of up near that head area. But before you can reach it, you are repelled away from it. One of the vines comes and just kind of smacks you down into the swamp a little bit more. You're underneath the water there trying to regain your breath. And you manage to pop out at the last moment, suck in a gulp of air. And uh, you unfortunately not managed to tick one of those segments. Boo. (laughs) Boo my dice. Yes, I'm going to give you one fatigue for that. Valid. I am also enveloped by this thing as it falls down, right? Correct. 
I'm gonna do something a little bit weird. As part of my collect material technique that I have, I took a few bits and bobs from Fifi, brought them with me to try to mess with them and see if I could make Fifi any better. And I'd like to whip out one of those, maybe a pipe that's long and straight. And before this thing comes and closes around on us so that we're completely enveloped, I want to jam that pipe to keep it open. You know, like when they're, you know, trying to prop up the garbage masher in Star Wars. Like, yeah, the trash compactor. Yeah. yeah. Like stick it in there so that it keeps the gloopy spirit thing from closing. I don't know if that's going to work, but I'm trying it. <laughs> okay, so in this moment, I am torn on relying your skills and training or push your luck because you are using your training as a technologist, but it's kind of an intense situation. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think? Sounds like you got to be pretty lucky. That's also what I was thinking. I'm down. All right, roll to push your luck for this snap decision here. That is a 10. Ooh, nice. nice. So, yeah, as this thing is coming down on you, you see that area where it's split apart, and you duck in at the last moment, kind of into that same area as Jetsune, and you wedge that pipe outward, and it tries to contract in on you further, but it's thrashing and struggling. The pipe bends a little bit in the center, but you still hold it at bay. So you have marked off two segments of the six clock. We're now at three out of six filled. Cool. Um, inside the thing now, propping it open with this stuff, are there people in here? Is Roken's brother in here? Is everybody, like, are they in here or did it eat them and we just see their faces? Uh, you can see, like, limbs kind of hanging out of this area. They are attached to a torso. They're not just, like, loose limbs. <laughs> um, you can see, like, on one side is Washa, Camellia's friend. On the other side is another hand that's sticking out that's just completely damp. And you're like, okay, we know who that is. Gross. <laughs> It's genetic. (laughs) So, yeah, it seems that they have not been, like, digested or anything. They have just been absorbed into the mass. Zaya, I'm holding this thing open. See if we can get these people out. I would like to, you know how they do, like, the big plant monster-y guy when the the swamp benders come in Last Airbender? Mm -hmm. I'm going to try a mix of that and water to make this giant creature to go in and pull out all of these people. (gasps) It's a kaiju fight. So are you trying to gather them from the mass above you or from other parts of the swamp? Other parts. Because I, I don't. Because you said there wasn't anything in there really, like in those vines. So I don't think I could. Well, you felt like you were getting close to something, but then it pushed you out at the last minute. Oh. I'm going to jump into its head. Oh, okay. <laughs> and like use kind of my own water to push the way through. All right. Roll two. Rely on your skills and training. Seven. All right. You just shoot yourself up like you get the water around you. And there's like that one scene in The Last Airbender where there's like a bunch of ropes that Aang is being tied up with. They're ropes or vines or something. And he does like a bubble of air around himself to loosen them and escape. You do like that same thing with water. And as you're in this bubble of water, you use it to propel yourself through the vines up towards the head area. You get into the middle there and you can see like it's dark, but there's just this little bit of kind of glow coming from the eyes. And you can see there's a smaller creature within the head of this massive vines that appears to be controlling them. 
And you have marked one segment, so we are now at four out of six. Time's a ticking. I just realized that's not necessarily a good thing. We don't know what that timer means. <laughs> so essentially, this clock represents that there is a struggle in front of you. This clock represents the obstacle of this swamp swallower in front of you. In order to overcome that obstacle, that's what you're trying to do by filling up this clock. Oh, okay, okay. So it is a good thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Ah. <sighs> I don't know this thing's principles, do I? Oh my gosh! Uh, you can try and learn them if you want to. A principle could literally be anything, so stabbing in the dark is not a good idea. Because I want to call them out to live up to their principle. But I, I, yeah, I need to figure out what the principle is first, so I'm going to like vibe check the swamp, I guess. I want to like, because it's obviously out of balance. Things aren't right. I've been in the swamp now for a while. I felt the call of the great banyan tree. I, I feel like I want to try and in this moment see in front of me what is out of balance and try and put a name to it so I can call something out. Yeah, I'll say we could have you maybe assess a situation for that. I will take it. Creativity. I hope charging your dice does work today. A 12. That's stupid. Charging your dice works for Christian only. <laughs> so you watch Zaya kind of go up into the head of this thing, kind of expanding it outward. She continues to like expand outward, kind of straining at the bonds of this creature. And you can see vines snapping underneath the tension. And you can see that there's this smaller creature in there. And you think to like the parable of the lion with the thorn in its paw almost. And you're like, wait a second, there's something in there that's hurting. And so what does it look like as you reach out to help this small creature? We're all pretty bunched up, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, this is a bit risky then, but I'm calling back. I'm feeling like a new man who is an old man. And I would like to use Shockwave to try and just kind of blast apart the whole area and send everybody away from everybody so we all have a second to breathe. Yeah, so this is one of your new techniques that you took. You just like slam into the ground, send out a huge wave of air that knocks everybody backwards. And so since you rolled a full success on your roll earlier, that marks the final two ticks of the six clock. And so you see there's this critter in there and you're like, okay, Zai's on the right track. We need to like get those vines off of this thing that's controlling them. She's struggling because it's like constricting in on her. She just needs some more help. So you get in there and with that massive shockwave of air, all the vines go flying out and they, you hear them splatting up against the trees on the far side and like Washa and Vinny and Kiyumi all go falling down into the swamp. And you see this little thing spinning in midair and you reach out and grab it. And it's a little frog squirrel. Yes, it is. <laughs> and you see its eyes are bugging out and there's like this dark spiritual energy in them. You can feel like as you hold it, there's something weird, like there's this lump inside of it. And so you kind of like squeeze it, like doing the Heimlich almost on this little frog. <laughs> and it coughs something out into your hand. And after it does, you see its eyes go back to normal and skew off in opposite directions. <laughs> and it gives a little ribbit and leaps out of your hand and starts hopping off into the distance. Marvelous creatures. <laughs> and you look down at this little thing that it coughed up into your hand and it appears to be 
a ring carved from whalebone. There's an insignia on the front, and it appears to be like the family insignia that you saw on Roken's clothing. Hate that guy. We really have to get these people out of the swamp. They are messing up the place. Just upsetting everything. But I tell you, barbecued squirrel frog legs are amazing. Have you ever had those? <gasps> Amo. Absolutely not. Did you see how cute he was? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes, they're cute. You know, you, you eat them when they're bigger. Amar, please tie up the people. I need to go <laughs> grab something. Are we still relatively close to the banyan tree? Like, are we near the roots of it? Yeah. You didn't get too far before this thing attacked you. How difficult would it be for me to find a length of wood about staff-sized from the banyan tree? Uh, that depends on how well you roll to plead with the banyan grove tree. Oh, well, oh I thought you were going to say plead with your GM. <laughs> how well did you plead with me? <laughs> That's an eight. So you turn around, uh, getting ready to head back in the direction of the Banyan Grove tree. And as you turn around, you feel something smack into your forehead from above, right in the middle of the arrow. <laughs> and you're going to mark one fatigue from that. <laughs> but as you like reach up and grab it and start rubbing at your forehead, you see a perfectly staff-sized stick of wood that has fallen down from the tree above you. I probably deserve that. Thank you, Banyan tree. I'm going to run over and check on Kumi and just make sure everything's okay. Yeah, she's coughing up a little water at this point, uh, but she's rubbing her eyes. They're no longer rolled up into the back of her head or anything. And she's like, I thought that the Swamp Swallower, like, those were just stories that our parents told us to scare us when we were kids. I didn't know it was actually a real thing. Are, are you okay? Are you hurt? I, I, I'm doing all right. It was just unpleasantly damp inside of there. And I'm going <laughs> to wrap her up in my arms and just give her the biggest hug. Thank you for bringing us here. You're going to be an amazing shaman. She gives you an embarrassed little smile, and as she's about to reply, you hear from not too far away <laughs> this big old scream coming from the tree, the same scream that you heard when you first approached the swamp. And as you kind of jump, Kumi's like, oh, don't you worry, it's just a screeching dodo. They're, they're harmless. <laughs> and she points up to the tree, and you see that little bird with the big old beak, and it just kind of flutters and then hops to a different tree. Hey, I got everybody tied up over here. Perfect. We will uh, take them back to the village and then get them all out of this swamp and far, far away. Just send them to the Southern Water Tribe. I could have somebody take care of them. That might not be you a know bad what I mean? Oh, no. Uh. <laughs> all I know is we can't waste too much time on these ne'er-do-wells. We need to hurry. I'm sorry, I, I just realized I'm the only one who shared anything about my visions. Did you guys find out anything interesting? <laughs> no, but I feel like I dealt with a lot of my uh, problems. Like I got a good therapy session. That's very useful, though. I mean, it'll make you a better member of the team. Hey, Mar, did you find out anything interesting? Maybe helpful? Yeah, we um, we really need to go to a restaurant, <laughs> to the Persimmering Dragon, and we need to talk to the Walkman. <laughs> did you fall asleep during your vision and have a weird dream about a Walkman, maybe? No, that's what we need to do. I was thinking about what do I need to do to get back the scrolls and everything that I stole, the tire, and anyway, I felt like... There's a Fire Nation colony we need to go to. It was similar to the one where, like, I grew up, but it's not that one. There is a restaurant called the Persimmering Dragon, and we need to go there and talk to the man with the walk. You don't know what colony it was or anything? Nope. 
All right. Well, you know who did probably not, knows. I didn't hear a name or anything, right? I just... You did not, unfortunately. Okay. Yeah. Um, I will, however, you know, you being a Fire Nation citizen and kind of moving around like between the Fire Nation colonies, I'll give you a luck roll to see if you would have recognized this place. Yeah. That's an eight. All right. You don't necessarily remember the place from when you visited there when you were younger with your father, but you do remember that it's on the western coast of the Fire Nation, pretty close to the Fire Nation itself. Um, And you remember it being like a really old Fire Nation colony. One of the first, if not the first. Okay, yeah. It's old. When I see it, I will know it. It won't be hard to find. Well, if that's the case, we must hurry. I have a terrible feeling that we've been two steps behind this whole time and not realizing it. And so you all begin heading back towards the village where we thought we were going to end up a couple episodes ago. <laughs> but you know, life takes you in interesting directions sometimes. Uh, life uh, finds a way. <laughs> there we go. And on that beautiful moment of unity, that's where we're going to pick up next time. Oh, man. <laughs> What a what a time. That was probably one of the most chaotic we've had. No. That was. That was fun, though. It was it good was stuff. so fun. Uh, from deep emotions to a crazy, spooky encounter. What a day. Just another day in the life of the knowledge seekers. <laughs> well, everybody, thanks so much for listening to ImpTab Avatar, and we'll be back with more adventures in the world of Avatar Legends. If you want more, go ahead and subscribe. Maybe even give us a review. We would be as happy as a frog squirrel that doesn't have a tummy ache if you would go ahead and give us a review on the podcatcher of your choice. We're also all over social media at Improv Tabletop. So if you'd like to connect with us there, you know, maybe you want to talk with Christian about all of the galaxy brain stuff that he's going on trying to like sort all of the puzzle pieces together. (laughs) And don't be afraid to reach out. Next, we're going to shout out our next trio of Sticker Club patrons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Stickers. First up this time around is Thomas Ryan, who is our wonderful moderator over on the patron community Discord. The Modley Jones. The Modley Jones, in fact. So Modley. He was observing this whole fight situation the entire time because he's uh, very interested in how progress clocks work. It's a mechanic that he's really (laughs) wanting to just dig into a little bit more. And so uh, he was uh, taking notes the entire time, not helping... But, you know, you guys had it in the bag anyway, so don't worry about it. Next person we're shouting out is Stuttering GM. Stuttering GM is the one who carved that fancy ring for the Maruto family. And, I mean, he did a great job. It's not his fault that it ended up in the hands of an odious, malefic, (laughs) just terrible person. It's a beautiful piece of jewelry. And the last person we're shouting out today is Adrian Garneau. Adrian is the original Walkman. Uh, he invented the walk. Thank you, Adrian, for your contribution to society. Love your work. Now, let's do a round of plugs. Christian, you want to take that this time? Absolutely. As always, we have our fate campaigns, a really big backlog there of crazy, zany adventures. Uh, little four-episode arcs of tomfoolery and shenanigans. Give them a listen. They're fun. We also have our sister podcast, I Cast Fireball, a D&D actual play currently going through Tyranny of Dragons. Good. Fun guests Good. <laughs> and an even more fun story. Definitely give them a listen if you haven't. They are a blast. Special shout out to all our patrons. We super appreciate that it's thanks to you guys that we're able to continue doing this and... 
putting out the quality that we want, really being able to put the time and effort into this. It is such a blast and we love sharing it with you. And we love seeing the responses and the interaction we're able to have and the theories, the, the little nuances that we didn't even pick up on that you guys tell us about. Uh, it is amazing every time. Uh, and a special little plug I would like to do here at the end of October. Next month, there is an event called NaNoWriMo, National Novel Writing Month. You can go to nanowrimo.org. It is basically a community where we all get together and we set a goal for the month of November to write a novel. You just set the goal, you track it on the website, you can connect with friends, you can keep each other accountable, and you take that idea that you've had worming in the back of your brain and you finally get it down on paper. It is super fun. I've done it once before, planning on doing it again this year. Uh, highly recommend it to all you creatives out there. It is a blast. Cannot recommend working with that organization enough. And maybe also go finish uh, your second draft of your book this month. That is my plan, to chomp down on that second draft and make it sound like I actually knew what I was doing the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds to me like Christian has just given you all permission to bug him on social media for the entire month of November to make sure he's writing that novel. Yeah, absolutely. Keep me accountable. Yeah, guys, we, we need to make money somehow to uh, have another cat. So please encourage him. <laughs> Man. You know, McKenna... I'm sure there's something that you would like to shout out that Christian forgot about. Ned, my angel, my sweet, sweet Ned. Yes, on the day of October 27th, uh, the year of our Lord, 1993, Christian James Randall was born. Um, so if y'all wanted to reach out to him on October 27th, that is the day after this comes out, he will be turning 29. 29? Hey, I'm 29. Hey! I remember 29. <laughs> A simpler time last year. <laughs> so, um, happy birthday, Christian. We love you. So yeah, everybody... Wish Christian a good birthday and then bug him for the next entire month about getting that novel done. Yeah, he's sick of his wife nagging him, so somebody else has to. <laughs> well, everybody, thanks so much for joining us here in the world of ImpTab Avatar 10,000 Things. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and I've been joined by... Kayla Banderton playing Amaru Kami. McKenna Steele playing Zaya. And Christian Randall playing Jetsoon of the Library. Much love and stuff, everybody. We'll catch you next time on ImpTab Avatar. I was, I was out walking Strahd right before this, and I had my headphones in, but I heard a noise, and this lady was calling me from the other side of the fence around my apartment complex, and she was like, that's the sweetest thing. Can I meet your cat? She's so pretty. And I didn't have the heart to correct her that my cat is, in fact, a man. <laughs> and we had a conversation <laughs> a for like two or three minutes, and the entire time I was trying not to break the illusion that my cat's a girl because it means so much to the sweet old lady. And so I was fumbling all over myself trying to avoid the use of pronouns as much as possible. <laughs> <laughs> and at the end she was like, oh, and what's your kitty's little name? And I was like, I just, I just say floof most of the time. <laughs> Not Count Strahd von Zarevich, great master of Barovia. <laughs> I mean, both are true. <laughs>